BAM Radio Network. I saw teachers burning out and leaving the profession, and I said, I've got about eight or nine more years. I need to make it to retirement. John Harper here. Welcome to My Bad, the show about how and what extraordinary educators learn from sharing their own mistakes. Hello, listeners. I am excited today to have on My Bad, Dan Tricarico, author of The Zen Teacher. Now, anyone that writes a book called The Zen Teacher, I know is pretty chill. But I am wondering, Dan, was there a time in your career, can you talk about a time where you weren't as chill, you weren't as zen-like, and you made a mistake that goes against pretty much everything you're for right now? Oh, absolutely, John. Of course. I would say probably you've heard this from other people on the podcast. I could tell you a million times today where that happened. And the, <laughs> the key is just to kind of you know restructure and re-grasp it at that, that um, relaxation that you're looking for. And, you know, remember that it's not going to be a perfect path and that it's okay if you stumble. And just, you know, be mindful and remind yourself that what you're looking for is a sense of peace, a sense of tranquility, a sense of focus. And we all have those moments, and I'm sure every teacher has them every day. But uh, I came on here to to kind of tell you about a, a specific time I remember that kind of led to some of the things that I'm doing and talking about these days with the mindfulness and the Zen teacher and it was all the way back when uh, I was just starting out as a teacher. I was actually a, a drama major. I started as a drama major. I wanted to see my name in lights and have my face on the big screen. And I spent a couple years in Los Angeles pursuing acting. And um, when I decided to go back into teaching in Los Angeles and realized, hey, this is what I love to do. Why am I not doing it at home? I came back to San Diego and I got a job teaching and I just, you know, there, there was always a very clear connection to me between the acting and the teaching. I, I used to joke that I do five shows a day. <laughs> and so I just, uh, you know, thought of it that way. You know, there's an audience and there's a performer and the classroom is often set up as a stage. And in making that connection, I, I actually wrote a book um, called You're a Teacher, So Act Like One. And it talked about how you could use performance techniques to be a better presenter in the classroom. But that first year that I was teaching, I remember coming home. I was I was young and I was single, but I came home every night absolutely exhausted. I just was at my wits end. I was so worn out and just tired and thought, wait a second, what is going on here? I know teaching is a tough job. I know it takes a lot out of you. I know you want to be committed to it and that you want to put all your energy into it. But I, you know, I was 27 or 28 years old at the time and I thought, something's wrong. There's, I've done, this is not how it's supposed to be. Right. And what I realized is I was on that stage doing that show and performing for those kids every day. And that's can be good and it can be a, you know, a beneficial way to get them engaged, but you can't sustain that level of performance in a classroom every day. Um, you, you need to kind of, you know, back off and you need to kind of you know, save that for the powerful, dramatic moments. And I, I, as I started working through this and thinking about that, what I did was I took this little index card, just a three by five card, and I taped it to my desk and I said, you do less, they do more. And that became my new mantra. You do less, they do more. I realized the wrong people the, you know, were doing the work. I was doing all the work and they were sitting there getting this great performance and just sitting there. And I thought, wait, something's wrong. So once I shifted that 
it became much more manageable. And and what I realized is is yes, absolutely. As a teacher, I had um, a role to play. I had an obligation to instruct and inform and engage. But if I'm up there doing the dog and pony show and they're just sitting there passively listening, that's not the way it should go. And once I got them working and once they left the class worn out and exhausted and having done the work, things were much better and the students started learning better. So that was one of those key moments when I said, I'm doing this wrong and I need to shift my perception. I need to shift how I'm doing it. And and it and I look back now, and that was probably close to 20 years ago. I've been at this about 25, 24, 25 years now. And that was, you know, obviously a, a precursor to me saying, I need to find a way to to sustain a manageable rhythm because when I see these teachers who just wear themselves out and and go, 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 go all the time they're heading for burnout and I wouldn't have made it if I continued at that, that speed and that, that level of performance all the time. If I might jump in just for a second, was there something, was there one particular event or one particular week where you remember, this is just crazy. I mean, did you, did you get sick? Were you just, was it a gradual thing or was there, was there, can you think of a particular instance where you're like, this is absolutely crazy. It is I'm going to bed at seven o'clock or I mean, was there one thing? In other words, I've been there. I know what you're talking about, but was there one instance where you're like, something has got to change because I can't keep making this mistake. I I think it's like the old joke, you know, um, how did you go broke uh, gradually and then quickly or however that old joke goes. But I think that that's exactly what, you know, like what you're saying is it was gradual, but then there were some things just like you're saying that happened that, that kind of woke me up. And when I realized, you know, that I, I really think I need to, to a reminder, some kind of, you know, talk about a Zen moment. I think when I realized I had to make that three by five card, you know, that was a wake up moment for me. And just going home and, and going, I'm too young for this at 27 or 28 to be that worn out and that exhausted. This job could be a 24 seven job if we let it. You're never done with this job. You're never finished preparing. You're never finished thinking. You're never finished researching, but you have to make it sustainable. You have to make it manageable. And so I think from a, almost like a subconscious level, I st- that's when I started tuning into this and saying, if I'm going to make it through, I have to do something differently. And, and I think that um, it, it was like you're saying, just uh, going home and crashing on the couch and, and knowing I'm, I'm too young to be this tired. I'm too young to be this exhausted. Now that I'm 53, I go, well, no, that's kind of where I am. <laughs> but, you know, I wanted to do a good job, and so I just kind of went totally all out. You know, like with, with most teachers, uh, in fact, I would, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say every teacher who makes a mistake, all, you know, they're all, all the mistakes are coming from a good place. All of the mistakes are coming from an intention of wanting to do the best job you can do. But sometimes you don't realize that the counterintuitive thing is that sometimes less is more. And sometimes you need to do less but better. In fact, I, that's my mantra right now. I have it up in my classroom, less but better. What can we do to fix this? I mean, it's not just first-year teachers. It's first-year teachers. It's 10-year. It's 20. I mean, what, what can we do so that we get the most out of our days, but we don't come home exhausted, and we still have our classrooms? Because I know when you said you love your kids working harder, I'm sure people that are listening, especially people that haven't taught that long, are thinking, well, wait a minute. If I have my kids work harder, they're going to be unmanageable. They're going to be out of control. Would say you they're going to be that? tired. <laughs> so right. they, won't, they won't have the energy to give you grief. And, and I'm sort of kidding about that. No, and of course, there's a, well, you know, and that's what I talk about in the Zen teacher workshops is how you can 
you know, use techniques and relaxation exercises and mindfulness exercises to maintain your focus, your simplicity, and your tranquility so that you can sustain a career because I saw teachers burning out and leaving the profession and I said, I've got about eight or nine more years. I need to make it to retirement. And I think in some ways, you know, it goes back to that index card of you do less, they do more. And not less in a way of I'm going to cut corners or I'm going to shortchange my students. That's not what I mean. But I mean, you need to find ways to engage in well-being and self-care so that you're not just absolutely burning yourself out. And I think there's two things that come to mind. Stephen Covey used to say that, you know, if you kill the golden goose that lays the golden eggs, you're not going to get any more golden eggs. And in, in this case, we're the golden goose. And it's, it, yes, it's very true that, you know, if you burn out, you're not going to be helping them anyway. And the other thing that I always say, it's a very common uh, saying, but it's very powerful to me, is you can't pour from an empty cup. And if we want that cup to stay full, sometimes instead of doing more, do less, but do it better. Well, no, I, I love both of those. And in the closing minutes, can you help me out with something? In other words, I a lot of my point of this show and the mission for me for my bad is to get people to stop beating themselves up over making mistakes because we Absolutely. all make them. And I mean, obviously, people are going to learn from the mistakes that they hear on my bad. But I want listeners to come away with, you know what, you know, Dan made this mistake or, you know, Dave Bird mm -hmm. just made this mistake or any of the guests, you know, Teresa Gross just made, made a mistake. She was on a recent episode. I mean, but what do you tell people to help them relax more? I know you spend a lot of time with that, getting people just to relax and not beat mm -hmm. themselves up as much. What advice do you have for them? Well, I think that's absolutely it. Uh, just start by giving yourself grace and not beating yourself up. Know that you're, you're human and that you're not perfect and nobody's asking you to be perfect. And, and I've told this story before, but I, I always go back to the story about our yearbook advisor who sent out an email and said, if there's one thing you hope your students learn from you, what would it be? And we just had to fill in the blank. I hope my students learn blank. And and what I put, and, and it was true for my students, and it's true for the teachers that, that are listening to your podcast, John, is I put, I hope they learn that they're okay just the way they are. Oh, I like and that. I, I hope they learn they're okay just the way they are, because I believe you're doing your best, you're trying your hardest, your intentions are good, and after that, it goes how it goes, and we're all going to make mistakes, we're all going to stumble, and then we need to give ourselves the grace to forgive ourselves. Teachers are great at giving, and they're great at forgiving with everybody but themselves. Dan, I'm going to end this interview on that. That is excellent advice, and thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for checking out My Bad today. Hope it was as good for you as it was for me. And if it wasn't, my bad. Catch you next time. This program is produced by Accretive Media for the BAM Radio Network. Thanks for listening.